Impact Hustlers, the podcast on entrepreneurs and changemakers that are creating solutions to the world's biggest problems. Impact Hustlers is brought to you by Waira UK, part of Telefonica Open Future. Visit waira.co.uk to learn how our acceleration programs can help your startup grow. And this is your host, Michael Shafrat. In today's episode, I'm joined by Jay Richards, founder and CEO of Dithink. Um, Jay grew up in East London and spent most of his youth actually stealing from people just as a means to survive. Um, I have never introduced somebody like this. Sorry for that. But we'll, we'll, get, to, we'll get to the point why, I, why I'm saying this. <laughs> so uh, he made a radical change a few years ago and now helps young people from disadvantaged backgrounds yeah. uh, start their own business, um, give them the support system and really get out of the world of crime and poverty. He believes that entrepreneurship can be a massive force for transforming lives positively for those who struggle to find jobs and find it hard to survive in our society. Welcome to Impact Hustlers, and it's great to have you. <laughs> Thank you for having me, my friend. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> Thanks very much for coming. Um, so you said in an interview, I, I, I stalked you a little bit online. So <laughs> in an interview, always good. <laughs> you said, um, when you need to put food on the table and there are very few options, people will do anything. I did anything. Uh, What did you do and how did it happen to you? How did you slide into that? For me, I was, um, I, I'm number five out of six kids. So it's a big family. Um, so my parents weren't, they weren't, um, they were probably lower middle class. So we weren't like flat broke, but um, you didn't always get what you needed. And it was kind of like, um, yeah, it was, an inter it was an interesting existence growing up. So um, I got to about 14, 15 years old and I was kind of just sick of wearing like my brother's hand-me-down clothes and um, not having uh, whatever it may be. And sometimes it's just, it just, just the general struggle wasn't nice. So So I, um, I actually started breaking into houses, um, breaking into petrol stations and actually stealing the lead off people's roofs um, to then sell to the market and, um, and then make money and then use that money to, to, to do what we needed to do. Mm. Um, so I did that for a few years and actually in my, uh, in my school, I used to get the younger kids in the years below me to actually uh, steal um, computer parts for me. So they would steal like a mouse or a keyboard or a screen. They'd bring it to me and I'd sell it to Mr. Patel at the market. So that was like the, that was some of the crazy things we did to make, to make money when we were So you built teams. Actually. <laughs> yeah, it's actually bad. When I think about it now, like um, it's funny to think. So I, I, I'm like, kids would just blindly follow me. I'm like, oh yeah, go, go steal these mouses and they'd just steal them. And I'd be like, I don't understand. Like, But it worked. So yeah, we, we made some good money. So yeah, it was, it was an interesting time. Yeah. Mm. And today you're helping people like <laughs> yeah. you have been in the past yeah. uh, from, from disadvantaged backgrounds, start their own businesses. Yeah. Uh, you're working with 11 to 16 year old yes, yeah. uh, people roughly and help them start their own companies and one statistic on your website which i found really depressing to be frank is yeah. that um, those people are 87 less likely to start yeah. their own companies yeah um, than any other average uh, in a society so how do you help them actually do it as you mentioned we're our focus is helping young people from um, underestimated backgrounds to found their own startups and gain investment so we do that by inspiring equipping and funding them so we inspire them with a relatable inspirational talk so that's delivered by a young founder from a low-income and ethnic minority background. They deliver that talk directly into the school. We then provide um, an online platform, which is um, all of our videos. So it's our incubator. So we actually equip them using this platform. And um, we're actually beginning to move that to an app, which means that young people can get more access to it. So basically they go over eight weeks and they learn everything from profit and loss accounts, to business plans, to actually getting their startup off the ground. At the end of those eight weeks, they then pitch to us via video. 
and we choose the startups that we think are investable and scalable and we take them to Google's Campus London and we give them the opportunity to actually pitch to angel investors for funding. So as I mentioned, it's inspiring, equipping and funding these startups and then the cool thing is we've actually uh, partnered with some cool partners that um, if startups stay profitable for two years after leaving the process they actually get the opportunity to pitch to um, venture capitalist funders you can give them up to 500k worth of funding so we're taking them through that journey um, of being inspired equipped and funded and actually giving them some real genuine funding once they turn 18 what are the biggest challenges the people that you work with actually face like, yeah is it access to resources is it education is it just being aware of the options what is yeah. it so we when we initially started we did some research and we spoke to a lot of students and the two um key things that came up to them was as you just touched on was lack of knowledge and lack of resource um so they didn't know how to just get it started so many of the young people we meet said oh, if you're going to start a business what would you start and most of them say oh i'll start a t-shirt business um which is just their go-to it's naturally i just want to do a product um which is great But I um, heard a statistic not long back that was saying 65% of the jobs that our young people are going to be doing in the future don't exist at the moment. So if they're so focused on product and the world is moving towards technology, um, we need to actually equip them for that. Um, so the, the lack of knowledge and the lack of resource is two big things that we try and help them to overcome. So we provide them the knowledge and then we provide them the resource. So it removes those two barriers for them. But they are, they are we say removes, but it, they are huge barriers. They're absolutely massive barriers because if you come from certain parts of the country and not just the major cities as well, some of the coastal towns where they've lost tourism, they've lost um, the textile industry, there's not much happening in their towns. So if they don't innovate and they don't do something new, they're basically just going to end up having to join the welfare system and just jumping onto benefits just as generations before them have had to. And these are barriers that they're facing day in and day out. You mentioned that you're working with quite prominent partners. Google is backing you with yes. Google Campus, um, Bulletin Capital, one of the yes. really um, yeah. most exciting funds here. Um, why are they joining your missions besides, uh, you know, having a bit of a social angle? But why do they really care about what yeah. you're doing? The interesting thing is some of our partners partner with us financially and some of them partner simply just with uh, labor or whatever it may be. So some of our partners like Bowderton will give us access to some of the software engineers um, from the companies that they've invested in. So um, during the program, they will actually have the opportunity, our students will have the opportunity to sit down with software engineers from some of the biggest companies in London and actually learn what it's like to code and all these different things. Um, and I think a lot of companies are getting involved in what we're doing because it's generally, it's on their heart. But a lot of the time, so most of the companies we meet, um, they have a, a CSR angle, which is corporate social responsibility. They have that angle to what they do. But a lot of time I feel like for them, it ends up um, reusable cups. So they're kind of like, oh, we've done our CSR because we've got reusable cups from, from Starbucks. Um, but a lot of the time we're showing them that there's a whole city out there. There's a whole nation out there that's actually dying. And these young people are, um, they're getting 16 and they're completely switched off from, from, from the future because they just think, well, there's nothing for me there. So when we explain to them and give them the understanding that, that you, we know you have the right heart and we have the right service that can help you To, that can match with your heart to actually make the difference that you want to make. Um, so I think a lot of the time they just, they have the heart, they have the passion, they just didn't have the right way of actually um, outputting that. In your program, you're working with very talented people and you bring them through the process and give them the skills and education that they need to run the company. And you do have the funding partners that you mentioned yeah. that help them get funded if they hit certain milestones. 
Um, and that's great, but still out there, if you look at most VCs, they would be dominated by white old males. Yeah. Um, you really? know, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Right? Yeah. Um, and it, even some of them are starting to partner, but the reality yeah. of the world is still that there yeah. is a disadvantage for people yeah. from disadvantaged yeah, backgrounds. So do you feel that when people leave your program, they still tend to hit brick walls just because they come from certain backgrounds and are not understood by the people that are supposed to fund them? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I def I definitely find that even for myself, raising for ourselves has has been tough, but I feel like um, our focus at Diving is not only to help the overlooked to solve problems that others are missing, but we also want to equip them with the transferable skills like resilience that will show them that you will get copious amounts of no's simply because of your background and you have to learn to roll with the punches and you have to learn to fight through that um and somebody will say yes um because when we first started diffing everyone was like oh companies aren't going to partner with you like who the hell are you da, 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 da. um and now it's actually working so it's it's showing them that if you build that momentum you get it off the ground you can get started that you will continue to get no's we don't lie to them and say oh you know after that everything's going to be great and you're going to raise and don't worry 21 years old you're going to be a millionaire we said to them it's going to be a graft and it's going to be more of a graft for you because you're from an underestimated background than it will be for somebody from a more privileged background so we are telling them the honest truth but we're also equipping them so that they are prepared for that truth so that when it does come to them getting those no's they can go okay that's cool all right on to the next one okay that's cool that's all right on to the next one and they can keep it moving um but the truth of the matter is is that um so we inspire we equip them we fund them we then send them back and these students we then send them back into schools if they've been profitable for a year they can then inspire other young people so what we're trying to do is create a um an ecosystem of young entrepreneurs that are inspiring other young people but then are also then angel investing to those young people so what i'm trying to do is create an ecosystem across the country of um, young people from underestimated backgrounds that are inspired equipped funded who then inspire equipped fund and it just keeps going around and around and around so eventually the overall goal is is that we'll have our own fund and we don't need to go to outside sources for this because we will have everything in-house so a long-term play really that you're trying to to do here not just a short-term program yeah. but really building an ecosystem oh yeah 100 percent. Yeah, yeah i'm talking 30 40 years like we're going to be building on this it's going to be amazing yeah wow. <laughs> wow um i want to call damon john or not actually quote him but quote a concept that he came yeah. up with he wrote this book uh, damon john the founder of fubu yeah, yeah. Uh, the fashion brand he wrote the book the power of broke yeah, right where yeah, he basically yeah. makes the argument that poverty and the realities of coming from disadvantaged backgrounds can really help create great entrepreneurs or at yeah. least um yeah. um yeah just help people attain those skills that are needed and yeah. those persistence that's needed do you see that in the people that you're working with um because I find that the most ridiculous part about, yeah. you know, VCs not funding diverse enough founders and at the same time there being some evidence actually yeah. in those founders actually being better founders yeah. than yeah. those that had it all when they grew yeah. up. <laughs> it's crazy. It's so funny. So our, um, our, this, it's a really good point. And our um, slogan is um, we help the overlooked to solve problems that others are missing. And um, the reason why we say that is because They, a lot of the time people use the word disadvantage, but they're underestimated. Um, they've been overlooked because they come from the wrong areas or they, they have the, the too much melanin in their skin or whatever it may be. And they're often overlooked, but they're going to be solving problems that, that the masses are normally missing. 
Um, so folks who come from certain backgrounds won't see the problems that we have seen growing up. So they can't solve the problems that we want to solve. But the problems that we want to solve are problems for millions of people around the world possibly even billions of people around the world and one thing i found interesting i was listening to a podcast the other day and it was talking about a lady that um she was helping she started a bank that was helping serving the underbanked her startup was helping to serve the underbanked because there's millions of people in america that don't have a bank account so she was helping to serve those people but for a white middle class guy from kentucky he may not know that that even exists because it's not a problem he's ever had to face so when she went to vcs they were like this isn't a problem and she was like no it genuinely is it's a problem for millions of people and a lot of the people that we're going to be bringing up they're going to be solving problems the vcs genuinely don't know exist and it's not because they're evil people it's generally just because they're ignorant to it it's not their fault um so we're going to help these young people to solve those problems and i think what's interesting is is that on the second part of your point is that because we've grown up with less we know how to graft graft is built into our dna we know how to hustle with a lot less and we know how to make a lot less work so if you come from a more privileged background not that you won't have graft but you won't know graft like we know graft so we can if we're down to our last few pennies we can make that work and we can run for a lot longer than so and so who's who's got a lot more money and and and, and whatever it may be yeah what methodology would you suggest to anybody that's in a position being faced with a VC that says, ah, oh, that's not a problem. I've never encountered it. Like, what are they supposed to do to convince those VCs and like smack them in the face with proof? <laughs> <laughs> well, first advice, don't smack them in the face. <laughs> not literally. <laughs> no, literally, yeah. But, um, but yeah, nice. No, it's generally a, re a really good question. That's the thing, even for me, like even with all of this, like I'm not an expert in it, but I feel like one thing that I've had to see, we do have to, Being from an underestimated disadvantaged background, whatever it may be, um, you do have to you do have to work harder to prove it. Um, like Tom can walk in with a piece of paper idea on a napkin, and it could be the next big thing, and they'll give them 1.5 million funding because Daddy plays golf with with the VC's dad or whatever, or that kind of rubbish, which is cool. So we may not have access to that, but one thing I found that's worked and i was sitting with a founder yesterday she's founder of a um of a women's lingerie brand they've got like a massive exposure on social media like over a hundred thousand followers and so on and so on and she was just saying she's struggling to raise um and when i was sitting with her she wants to move on to actually having an app that um that basically just helps women to choose their clothing better and she was saying i don't know how to pitch it to investors and they just seem to be saying no because she's she's a colombian founder or she's half colombian half um middle east she's like i'm, I'm struggling to to explain to these guys how, like that it's an actual need um and i just said to her just go out and prove that it's a need then and that's the main thing we just need to prove there's a need because if you prove it then they can't deny it but while it's all um it's all words and just you're just saying it oh you because you're because the problem is as founders was not a problem but it's a, it's a good and bad thing that we're super passionate about our ideas but then the problem is is that they're not going to be the the vc is not going to be as passionate as you about your idea and they're going to hear a million ideas a day so you need to go into there and show them, hey, this is an actual problem that people in the world are facing. And when you show them it's a problem and there's money to be made, which is the key, because I get so many people pitching to me and I'm like, so how are you going to make money from this? And they're like, uh, and I'm like, that's the problem. As long as you can show that there's an actual problem and that there's money to be made in it, 
they'll be interested. And if they're not interested, keep it moving. Mm-hmm. This is um, it's 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing I always say to my friends. Kim, just keep it moving. Mm-hmm. If they say no, you take your problem and your and your and your money, and you go somewhere else, and you find somebody else that's interested, and you keep going, you keep going, and then those VCs that said no will then regret it later on. Besides the challenges with funding, there's a lot of other challenges that startup <laughs> yeah. founders face uh, every day. Um, what do you think is the toughest challenges for people from underrepresented backgrounds? Um, what are the brick walls that they face besides the funding challenges? And how do you think can this be solved besides with programs that you run? Is it more um, more focused on policy and politics? And does politics need to play a role? Yeah. Uh, is it just more people running initiatives like you do? Or what is it that is going to break those walls? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a really good question. I think uh, one of the one of the big issues I faced as a kid is I never saw anybody like me crushing it. So all the books I've ever read growing up were Elon Musk, Richard Branson, um, Steve Jobs. And these are, these are white guys. So I grew up and I genuinely, the other day, other than Damon John, I was, um, I was genuinely sitting there the other day and I was trying to think of one book about a successful entrepreneur that was a black guy. And I genuinely, I was racking my brain because the kid was asking for it. And I was like, I can't think of one. I was like, that's so bad. Like I, I was sitting there for so long. Every book I was coming out with was a white guy. And that representation out there is so key because if, so that's the reason why with our inspiring, we're sending in relatable, 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 relatable um, figures because we want these young people to see these people look like you. So say, for example, one of our speakers is a lady called She's a Shah. Sorry, always, you know, there's too many S's. She's a Shah and she's a founder of Up Effect. Um, and she goes into schools, but she, I, we, we will be predominantly sending her into schools with a lot of Muslim girls because she's a Muslim lady who wears a head wrap. So for those young girls to see a woman coming in who's crushing it in her business, but is also from their background, that will resonate so much more than this other black guy that I walk in with tattoos and they're just like, who the hell are you? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's not a representation there. So I think a massive issue is the fact that young people and even founders of my age, we don't more today we are seeing a little bit more but we don't see that representation so that is a huge ceiling because you think well the only people that make it are people from different backgrounds and they're not from my background so if we can provide that representation then it that, that'll be key and then on the government side of things i think a lot of the time and i was saying this to a friend earlier when i was at, um, at the office and i was saying a lot of the time the government does something And then they only realized 10 years down the line that it actually sucked and it was a bad idea. And I feel like there needs to be a lot more conversation with people that are currently in the midst of the struggle and say, so what are you struggling with and how can we help solve that? And I think that would be really interesting if, if the government actually took interest in the startup community at the moment, but also the startup community that's coming up with the Gen Z kids to see how can we help them to solve it. Say, for example, some of our competitors, they've been doing amazing work with teaching entrepreneurship in school for years, in schools for years but they haven't innovated. So they're still teaching it in word in, in, in paper-based format. These kids are Gen Z kids. My son's 11 years old. And if I ask him to learn about something, he instantly goes onto YouTube and watches it. He doesn't want to read about it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's kind of us realizing that we have to innovate to teach these kids to make sure that they are ready for, for that future and actually provide that relatable inspiration so that they can then go on and, and achieve and kill it. Give us some examples. What are the kind of startups... Uh, you see in your program and how do they differ from 
what people might otherwise know and, and startup accelerators and incubators? Yeah, great. So um, one of the ones that was really interesting for us um, was probably my favorite from last year. Um, so we've actually only run it for, for, for one year. This will be our second year um, running it in schools. But for our, for our first year, one of the ones was a, um, a social media management company, um, but for local businesses. So basically it was run by a 14-year-old, 14-year-old and a 15-year-old. And what they noticed was, was their local barbers and their local black hair shop and their local uh, Jamaican shop and whatever it may be, or even the local um, Chinese shop, they didn't have a social media presence. So unless you're walking down the high street, you didn't know they existed. So you could live in, like I live in Stratford. I could live in Stratford my whole life and I'm not going to know all of the shops in the, in the local area. But if I'm on Instagram and I happen to click on the Stratford hashtag, if someone's been on their job and making sure that the social media is out there, I can then discover a new shop. And what these kids realized was they lived in Croydon. They realized that there were shops in Croydon that they didn't see on social media. So they just went to the local shops and said, oh, hey, guys, like, do you have a social media presence? They were like, no. They're like, oh, awesome. You pay us this per month and we'll run your social media for it. So these local um, hair shops were like, yeah, awesome. Like, let's do it. Like, how much is it? So they charged them £21 a month or something like that. And then they just ran their social media. Then all they did was they just automated the posts. They took all the photos, automated the posts, and they shut out the posts over the month. And, and Bob's your uncle, they were laughing. And that's the kind of ideas where these are um, Gen Z kids who are, they're, they're all about content. They're all about video. They're all, they know what their generation wants to look at. So they're helping the older generation to actually do that. So they saw that local businesses were being completely overlooked because most companies, if you're looking to do a startup and um, they're looking to do a startup marketing agency, you're going to go for all the main areas like Soho and Shoreditch. You're not going to go to Croydon. You're not going to go to the local black hair shop, but those shops also need social media. And that's what these kids noticed, which was amazing. The last question I usually ask entrepreneurs is, uh, what does the world look like in 10 years that you're trying awesome. to help create? Uh, you mentioned earlier you actually have a 40-year or much longer-term <laughs> yeah, vision. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to change that question for you um, because you seem to really building a legacy here. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait to read your book about your story at some <laughs> yeah, point. I'm excited too. Um, but, but what's the big vision here? What's the like the life yeah. kind of huge objective here? Well, yeah, what great. are you doing? That's a really good question. I've generally not been asked that before. Everyone's always like, what's your one-year plan? Um, so I love that. What's my life goal? Um, I think for us, um, it would be amazing. I would love to be an old man and I'm looking back and I can see hundreds of thousands of young people who founded their own companies, um, possibly even millions across the world using our service. Um, but they've got their stuff off the ground. And they're going back in and they're angel investing and they're, um, they've set up their own funds and they're VCs. And these are young people from backgrounds that never would have had the opportunity. And I would love to see us dem democratize funding to democratize um, entrepreneurship. And I would love to see that, that I'm, 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 I'm 90 years old and I'm looking back and we're saying, look how all these hundreds of thousands, millions of people that have been able to change their world, but have also then been able to employ people from their communities. Because that for me is the key, is that we can completely revolutionize the way entrepreneurship is done simply by the fact of providing people with the knowledge and the resource. Um, and that for me would be, that for me would be success. And that for me, I'd, I'd shed a tear and, and be happy, yeah. That's an amazing journey to be on. Um, I really wish you all the best with what you're doing and uh, really this, this, this ambitious plans that they will all work out. Uh, you've achieved a lot already. So thank you very much for joining me today. And um, uh, thanks for what we're doing. Thank you so much for having me, Maker. It's been awesome, man. Thank you, bro. Thank you. This was Impact Hustlers. Impact Hustlers is brought to you by Waira UK, part of Telefonica Open Future. 
Learn more about Waira on www.waira.co.uk. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share the episode, leave us a review and consider becoming a supporter on buymeacoffee.com slash impact hustlers. This means a lot to me. Thank you very much for tuning in and see you next time. Bye.